Hi, and welcome to the Cyclical Podcast. My name is Cassandra Wilder, and I'm a naturopathic doctor and a women's cyclical health expert. This podcast is a space where we demystify all of the bad hormone advice we've been given and instead get back down to the foundations. Your dream of regular, pain-free periods, balanced hormones, and vibrant energy is within reach. Join me and other incredible experts here every single Monday for conversations that are sure to be life-changing. Let's get started. Hello, my lovely friends. Welcome back to the Cyclical Podcast. I think probably every single one of us listening today know what it's like to have symptoms arise in the two weeks or so before our period. And while some of them can be pretty minor with just a little bit of breast tenderness or maybe a few more food cravings, other luteal phase symptoms can really be a matter of quality of life with intense PMS or PMDD intense food cravings, hunger, exhaustion, you name it. Because so many women deal with luteal phase symptoms, the luteal phase has really gotten a rap of being just an intense time where everybody is cranky, irritable, sad, depressed, anxious, and beyond. I'm here today though to tell you your luteal phase does not have to be hellish. You don't deserve to feel exhausted, moody, and like you're spiraling out of control for up to half of the month. And the great thing is there's a lot we can do to support the luteal phase so that this transition can feel far more manageable, predictable, and even enjoyable. We don't wanna be on this up and down spiral going all out of control with no predictability. And instead we can have really gentle shifts in mood, libido, energy levels, because to some extent it's normal in the second half of the month to feel our hormones starting to drop and to feel a little more restful, introspective, uh, and maybe even more introverted. This of course is a stark contrast to the reality that many of us have lived where the luteal phase is anything but manageable and instead we feel like we're out of control and we don't know how to manage our symptoms. That's what this episode is about all today. We're gonna talk about the luteal phase, how long it is, what can impact the severity of our symptoms in the luteal phase, and then I'll give some practical tips you can implement to make this phase less awful. I love when all of you reach out to me on Instagram. I screenshot every amazing message I get uh, from those of you saying you've listened to the podcast or you've followed me for a long time on Instagram and you've implemented some of the tools I share and because of that, you have seen changes in your symptoms. So if you implement some of these tools and you feel like your luteal phase is far more manageable, send me a message because you literally make my day. As we begin this conversation today, I think it's important to outline the symptoms that are common, but not necessarily normal. I think we use those words interchangeably when it comes to symptoms, but these are common symptoms that may be expressed during the luteal phase, especially if something deeper is going on hormonally. We may see PMS or an even more advanced version of that PMDD. We may see breast tenderness, insomnia or trouble sleeping. We can see cyclical headaches. We can see acne, changes in mood, deep fatigue, and even a lack of interest in life, anxiety, or depression. Of course, by no means is that an exhaustive list. So you may find that some of those check the box for you and you may have others that I didn't even mention that are still affecting your quality of life in your luteal phase. So what is a luteal phase? In a medical sense, there's only two parts to your menstrual cycle. There is your follicular phase, which would include your period itself up until the point of ovulation. And then your luteal phase is the rest of the month, those 10 to 14 days or so until your next bleed. 
I find it really helpful though to separate the menstrual cycle into four distinct parts because ovulation deserves its whole own moment here and the period has its own moment. So we can kind of break this apart into four seasons just like the seasons of the earth or the seasons of the moon to get a closer look at what's really going on. A luteal phase is supposed to follow ovulation, and if you've been in my neck of the woods for a while, <laughs> you've been following me on Instagram or the podcast, then you know that I'm always adding kind of an asterisk after the word ovulation because don't assume it's a given that you're ovulating. Even if you're not on birth control, it's possible you are not technically ovulating every month, and therefore your cycle is going to have some more hormone imbalance-like symptoms just because ovulation is how your body makes some hormones. I think as I say that, all of us are immediately thinking, okay, so our luteal phase may be affected by the act or lack thereof of ovulation. And that's a huge part to this puzzle that we're going to talk about in just a second. So a healthy luteal phase is ideally between 10 and 14 days, which means it could literally be up to half of your monthly cycle. And when your luteal phase is of an appropriate length, we don't get the super short cycle lengths where we're getting a period every 22 days, but we're also not ranging into day 39, 47, whatever uh, cycle lengths where our period can feel very irregular and super unpredictable. A lot can ride on the act of ovulation, which is why in Period Reboot there's such an emphasis on learning how to track and confirm if you're even ovulating, but then also how to encourage healthy ovulatory cycles, because especially if it's not happening and we're dealing with luteal phase hell and we can't get pregnant and our thyroid's a mess, we gotta go back to step one, which is, are you ovulating? And if not, how can we turn that back on? I promise this episode really is about the luteal phase and not ovulation, <laughs> but ovulation is a superstar of the menstrual cycle. And so whether or not that happens is going to impact the luteal phase. In the luteal phase, we want to see an increase of the hormone progesterone and estradiol. This is going to naturally be calming and supportive during the luteal phase. But if these hormones are not surging, we can see that we're set up for already a more challenging luteal phase where it's very likely we will see more symptoms. Blood sugar is also an interesting piece to the puzzle when it comes to the luteal phase. The blood sugar can be more irregular in and of itself during the luteal phase because cortisol can naturally be higher, so the body is maybe in a more sensitive state to begin with. And so if we are chronic uh, meal skippers or we just love to skip breakfast and we live on our coffee and our muffins and all that fun stuff, we may feel a lot worse in the luteal phase doing stuff like this because we're putting our blood sugar on a roller coaster. So of course, as a naturopath, my goal with anyone I work with is to help them understand the root cause of what's going on, which is why I'm kind of giving this background before I go into tips and ideas for your luteal phase, because I'm trying to lay the foundation that there can be a few things going on. If we're not ovulating, our hormones are going to be affected. And we all know if your hormones are imbalanced, we ain't gonna feel so good. And if our blood sugar is irregular or very high or very low, we're not going to feel good and that may be impacted. And of course, if cortisol is too high, we're also going to be impacted and see changes in hormones overall. And so the approach of the root cause method is so important. It's the point of what I do in the world, It's the point of every program I lead. And I invite you to bring that same mindset into this, to look at your symptoms, not like you're broken or like, how do I just fix this? But instead to take one step back and say, but why is this happening in the first place? 
Because when you adopt that mindset, now you're thinking like an integrative doctor like myself. And that's what we all want. We, I think anyways, everyone listening to this podcast wants the root cause method and not the band-aid approach. With those important foundations, and I guess I should give the reminder that hormone testing is really important in this arena. The Dutch test is my favorite test. It's a dried urine test, so I offer that to my students in Period Reboot. Um, Or you could seek out really extensive testing with your MD. Some MDs are really open to investigating with hormone testing. Others may not be quite as open-minded. So you're gonna just have to vibe the practitioners you have in your arena. But hormone testing will give some perspective into maybe why your luteal phase is so difficult. And then learning how to track your cycle is also impactful because then you'll have that data to know if you're ovulating and what your hormones are really doing. And like I said, if you feel like you don't have a practitioner that is anywhere near this kind of root cause method, that's why I lead Period Reboot. Those doors will open again in a couple months. So the link's in the show notes. And the entire focus of that program is nourishing your hormones, balancing your menstrual cycle, and repairing your metabolism so that you can feel amazing again. With all of those pieces of the puzzle in place, now you're hopefully thinking about hormone testing. Now you're thinking about what's really causing your luteal phase to be difficult in the first place. Let's talk about some really helpful solutions that can be the missing link in your symptoms and provide some incredible relief. The first part of this puzzle that I think is often overlooked is really observing the symptoms that you're actually experiencing and tracking them and writing them down because without doing this, we never really can monitor progress. So let's say one of your biggest symptoms is tender breasts and they get really big and painful and sensitive. It would be really advantageous to start to notice when does it happen? Maybe it's day 20 through 22 is when it gets really bad. When does it get better? Do you notice certain things make it better or worse? Like in that example, a lot of women find that drinking alcohol makes it a lot worse. And if they don't drink alcohol during their luteal phase, their breast tenderness is a lot less intense. So you start to pick up little random pieces of the puzzle and make your own little data points about this. And that will really serve you through the rest of the suggestions. So don't overlook this and think, whatever, I don't really care. I just want things to get better. You need to write it down, whether with an app or a cycle tracker. From here, we can move on to the next pieces. So the second big one is to nourish your body and also to manage your blood sugar. If you didn't listen to my first episode of this season, which was, quote, healthy nutrition habits wrecking your hormones, you need to go listen to that because a nourished body is not a body that is surviving on a thousand calories a day. A nourished body is not one that is living on 10 grams of carbs a day. There's a lot that's really important in that episode. So when I say a nourished body, I really mean a body that has all of the minerals and calories and energy that it needs to perform basic functions. And a lot of these trendy diets do not encourage nourishment nor balance in the body. Keeping our blood sugar balanced is also the key to feeling a little more stable. So it's very common to struggle with an irregular blood sugar or very low blood sugar issues in the luteal phase and to feel hangry, annoyed, irritable, and interestingly, very similar to PMS. So sometimes it's not truly PMS a woman is experiencing, but instead she's just literally really hungry and needs some sustenance and some food, but she's on this hangry roller coaster because she's been living on the coffee and the sweets and the soda and not really eating something that's sustaining her. 
carbs are a really big piece of the luteal phase. And a lot of us have demonized carbs. We've been afraid of them, but this is your ultimate permission to nourish your body with carbs, especially in your luteal phase. Things like sweet potatoes and rice, and I love making hashes. Remember, carbs become glucose in your body, and glucose is your body's favorite fuel, and it's also the least stressful fuel that you can give it. So I'm not saying to go like literally chug a gallon of sugar or like, I don't know, drink some maple syrup, but instead carbs are going to become glucose, and we can opt for really nourishing carbs that have quality nutrients in them, balance our blood sugar, and feel much better also eating breakfast, eating regularly, all this is going to encourage the blood sugar balance, which is necessary to feel decent in the luteal phase. This literally sounds so simple, and I know someone here is listening to this like, okay, like this is nothing revolutionary, and I know, but often the most healing things in the world are not that revolutionary. They're just basic habits that contribute to balance and well-being. So do not discount the power of keeping your blood sugar balanced and eating food and eating enough food and taking care of yourself and not burning your candle at both ends. The next thing to look at is exercise routines. If you remember, I said cortisol can be naturally higher in the luteal phase. And if most of us are honest and are tuning into our body or listening to our gut, most of us don't crave a really intense workout class in the luteal phase, especially in the late luteal phase as we're approaching our period. So this is really your reminder to listen to your gut. If you're dragging yourself to some class because you feel like you have to and you're getting all in your head like you're lazy if you take a day off or something like that, I invite you to throw that belief in the garbage. Learning to listen to your body and being body literate means accepting what your body is saying to you and honoring it. It's okay to opt for gentler practices and exercises in the luteal phase and during your period. So honor what your body is telling you and create routines that allow that freedom to personalize your exercise program day to day. I'll also have a new podcast episode here in a few weeks with an amazing woman who is a personal trainer and an exercise expert who specializes also in the cyclical component to this. So make sure you're subscribed to this podcast and that you've rated and reviewed it so that you don't miss the notification when that comes out if you're looking for more specific ideas on how to exercise with your menstrual cycle. All right, the next one we're going to look at is drinking nourishing teas. I really like herbal teas because they are nourishing. They're full of minerals and nutrients, and there's so many delicious teas that just, mm, they sit so good in the body. They feel so good. My personal favorite, of course, is my cycle nourishing tea that I made with the brand Healing Mama Botanicals. So we curated it together using my formula that I've recommended to clients for years. And I'll put that in the show notes if you're interested in just having the tea show up at your door. Or you can start to customize it. I like a lot of different herbs like red raspberry leaf and lemon balm, but such a great routine to get into every single night to just enjoy brewing yourself some tea, sitting on the couch and being present as you give your body this lovely nourishing tea. So like I said, I'll put that link in the show notes below. Super easy, super simple. And it's a practice that is accessible to any of us. My last big suggestion is a little different than the last few I've shared, which are very physical and they're definitely things to implement. But this one may be the most important and it's also sometimes the hardest one to actually do 
on the daily. And that is to be willing to have boundaries and to create space of rest, especially into that late luteal phase. We all know that in the luteal phase, we tend to just feel a little more sensitive and we have less tolerance for things. And I've even heard women talk about the luteal phase as being a time when we're like the most truly connected to self because we know what we have patience for and we know what we don't. And sometimes we can brush things off at other phases of our cycle, but in our luteal phase, we're like wildly honest. (laughs) And so boundaries during this phase are so beautiful because we already know what drains us. We know the people that drain us. We already know the things that will push us into overwhelm and anxiety and frustration, and we can be proactive about this. Meaning if we know someone wants to spend time with us and it's day 25, maybe our boundary that phase is saying, I actually am not available, but I'd be happy to connect in about a week. Or if we have the ability to communicate with our boss or our coworkers, and again, set some gentle boundaries that help us feel good. This also can look like saying no to certain things or changing our plans, just communicating with things that we already have going on and saying, I'm actually going to postpone this. Thank you so much for your understanding. It can mean listening to ourselves when it comes to the gym or exercise and listening to our own internal boundary that's saying, please don't make me go to this workout class and us saying, okay, we can get back to it in a few days. I'm not going to force myself to do something that doesn't feel good. This all allows us to, again, enjoy the essence of being a cyclical being and to no longer be at war with our body or hurting our body because we feel like we have to do more than we can do. You know what I mean? And then the rest piece just follows that, creating some sort of space to rest. I always get women that ask, Cassandra, but I have a job. Like, I can't just take two weeks off of my job. Like, hello. (laughs) And I, I get that. None of us can. But we still have some choice in how we're spending our time. So the example I often give is, yeah, maybe you're not feeling so great. You have to go to work. But what are you doing when you come home from work? Are you going and doing things that internally you don't want to do? Or are you doing something that takes care of you and is really enjoyable, like having a bath or having a social media free night or watching your favorite movie or ordering your favorite dinner? These are the little things that matter and the little things turn into the big things. So look at your routines and the ways you're caring for yourself and do what you can to curate some space in your luteal phase or your period phase that's really nice and enjoyable for you. A lot of my students and clients, by the time they're done working with me, literally have routines that they always go to in the late luteal phase and period. Maybe they always have a standing massage or they always go on their favorite little nature trail or they like to drive out to the beach and spend an afternoon there. Again, it doesn't even have to cost money. It can be really simple things like I'm going to sit in the yard with my favorite tea and I'm going to journal or color or paint. These, though, are the routines that refill our cup and soothe our system to have a more pleasant luteal phase experience. I think everything I shared here today is really doable and honestly, maybe more simple than most of us would think. And I can't wait to hear your thoughts and what really resonated. Send me a message on Instagram at Menstruation Queen. Or if you know you have some women in your life that need the luteal phase survival guide, send them this or tag me on Instagram if you're just sharing it with your people. 
Remember the doors to period reboot will open in a couple months. So this is like a great taster into that program and the root cause method and getting down to what's really influencing your symptoms and then taking a really embodied full perspective approach to feeling balanced again and feeling like yourself again and feeling like your symptoms are not holding you back in life because nobody deserves to feel that way. I appreciate you all so much for being here. If you can take a second to rate and review the podcast, it means the world to me. And as I said, there's lots of juicy episodes coming up in the next few weeks. We've got healing your skin after birth control. We've got healing from breast implant illness. I will be talking about exercise and cyclical health like y'all want to be around for these next few weeks because there's so many great podcast episodes coming your way. Thank you so much for being here. I love this community so much and I really, really appreciate you all tuning in today. Thank you so much for tuning into the Cyclical Podcast today. The best way you can support the show is by rating and reviewing the Cyclical Podcast on iTunes. It also means so much when you share this on Instagram and tag me. It helps me see what episodes really, really resonated and just keep the goodness coming. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you here next week.